Hello, my name is John Donahue and welcome to the Bite Size Weight Loss Podcast with Human Design. So my aim with this podcast is to always give you bite-sized insights, tips and strategies to master the game of healthy weight loss without having to give up your life in the process. Now today's podcast is all about intermittent fasting for fat loss. Now unless you've been living under a rock for the past five years, this is probably currently one of the world's most popular health and nutrition trends. And like anything with fitness, for example, interval training or HIIT training, which has been around for almost 100 years. Fasting has been around for thousands of years for health and for spiritual reasons. But what, what's made intermittent fasting so popular now is its claims about weight loss and other health benefits. Now, I'm not going to go into the, the health benefits today. I'm going to talk more about the weight loss benefits. So it's funny that I'm talking about this today. It's, a, it's actually a birthday weekend in our house. It's my birthday, my daughter's birthday, and we're going to be indulging a little bit let's just say with our food so I feel a bit guilty talking about nutrition for weight loss but anyway um, I um, uh, it's one of the aims for me for my clients is to get them to the point where they can actually enjoy their life without having to think about food 24 7 but anyway they're on the intermittent fasting there's really really nothing complex about intermittent fasting right it's simply the practice of alternating periods of normal eating with extended periods of low to no food intake. So most diets really, really focus on what to eat, but intermittent fasting is a bit different. It, it, it's not really dogmatic about what foods you should or shouldn't eat, only when you eat them. And believe it or not, a lot of people actually prefer being told when to eat rather than being told what to eat. So we're going to explore different ways that people can fast. And then, because there's several different ways to do intermittent fasting, but they all share the common theme of kind of splitting the week or day into eating and fasting periods. And the methods really, really only differ by the time spent not eating or eating very little. But So here's some of the popular fasting schedules that you may have come across. Now, this list isn't exhaustive, but just like anything with fitness and nutrition, people like to take a simple concept and then they develop their own version of it. It's just like paleo, there's different camps in the paleo camp and people argue with each other about what foods should be included and what's not. And this is what I this is why I get annoyed and, and, and why I call myself diagnostic. I'm not attached to any single nutrition philosophy or belief. And I don't try and do that with clients either. If they want to try fasting, I'll help them find the best way to do it that fits their life. Same with keto, same with counting calories, same with any kind of diet. I just want to do what works for them. All right, so here's the different types of fasting. So you have skip a meal fasting, which is exactly what it sounds like. You're fasting for 12 to 24 hours. You have 16-8 fasting, which means you confine your eating to eight hours of the day and then you fast the other 16. You have 24 fasting, so you eat all your food during a four-hour window. You can fast for one to two full days a week. You can have alternate day fasting where you eat every other day. You have the famous five and two, which is where you eat normally five days a week and then you restrict your calories to like five or 600 calories a day, I think it is, for two days a week. And this is very, this has been popularized by Michael Mosley, a doctor in the UK. He didn't come up with this. This has been around for a long time. Then we have fasting mimicking diets or FMD, which is means you consume half as much as usual for a few days to a week and then you eat normally for three to four weeks. So there's extended fasts that go for several days. We also have the simple version of fasting called the 12-12, which is 12 hours of fasting followed by a 12-hour eating window. This is probably what most people do anyway, and it's the simplest method as it means you can have your last meal at, say, 7 p.m., and then you can eat again at 7 a.m. the next morning. And it's kind of a good way to uh, whet your appetite, so to speak, with the world of fasting. So really, 
you can pick whatever time mix you like. So long as there's an extended times outside of sleeping that you're not eating. And like I said earlier, this is typical of nutrition trends. An overarching theme pops up and then people make a unique version and claim theirs is the best and then all sorts of arguments happen online. I just stay out of the arguments. So which way of fasting is the best? Well, there's no clear answer to this. I like a lot of people like the 16-8 method and the 5-2 is really, really popular because they seem to be the simplest and most sustainable method to stick to. But I think the 12-12 would be a great way to start for most people because you can then see if fasting agrees with you. And then by the, I mean, 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. shouldn't be that hard. And then, But then most people snack and eat most of their calories at night anyway when they're watching Netflix or Disney or whatever. So during fasting times, I believe water is still allowed. Uh, black coffee and tea, but no sugar are usually considered okay. And then, so, but some people argue against this again. The hardcore fasters would argue against this. But here's the thing, right? If a black coffee in the morning helps people stick to a fast for a few more hours, and I don't really care because, and then, so during the eating period, you should normally you should eat normally with a focus of enjoying food and opting for more nutritious choices. Now, so is intermittent fasting superior to other methods for weight loss? That's kind of the question I was asked by somebody online. So based on the research from experts collectively, they cannot see a lot of evidence that fasting has, you know, a new level kind of diet hack or whatever you want to call it that would shed your weight any better or any worse on average than any other approach to eating less. But for some reason, there's people out there say it is superior to all other methods. But all the fasting does is create a calorie deficit and then, boom, weight loss. Now, if you don't know what a calorie deficit is, go back to episode two where I explain how weight loss actually works. A calorie deficit is basically taking in less energy than you need or than you burn, and then weight loss occurs. So there's really, really minor differences in weight loss between fasting and more traditional dieting methods. And the reason intermittent fasting works for weight loss is simply because you eat less food over the course of 24 hours or over the course of the week. So it just means intermittent fasting doesn't appear to be any better or any worse than any other diet of weight loss is your goal. And the reason, I know this sounds like common sense and what you're probably thinking, why are you doing a podcast on this? Because sometimes you need to repeat this message because people get caught out. Have you ever heard of a book called The Paradox of Choice? They did an experiment where, uh, I think it was in a market where they had 24 jams on a stall or three versions of a jam. And People who had the three versions of a, three flavors of jam found it much easier to make a decision than the people who had 24 flavors of jam because you get restricted and paralyzed by all the choice out there. And it's the same with diets and fasting. And People look at all this information and go, oh my God, where do I start? There's so many options. But you can try any option you want because they all work. You just got to find the option that works best for you. Now, in May 2022, this year, a big meta-analysis was published that consisted of over 43 randomized control trials looking at the effects of intermittent fasting compared to both calorie-restricted diets or diets that didn't control calories at all or what we would just call regular eating. Now, there were a couple of big words in there. A meta-analysis is basically like a statistical process that combines the data from multiple studies to find common results and then identify overall trends. So when you see a lot of controversial nutrition stuff online it usually comes from people who have literally picked one or two studies to confirm their beliefs and then they blast that out to the world they don't look at the totality of evidence and that's why the scientific community is really really important and that's why i trust non-biased experts because they look at all the peer-reviewed evidence they look at all the studies 
that closely match the conditions they want to test and provide a good overview of the evidence as a whole, and then they make a statement. So an RCT or randomized control trial is the type of research considered highest on the evidence hierarchy because it has a good ability to demonstrate cause and effect. Uh, a good example of an RCT or a randomized control trial is the study of artificial sweeteners and their effect on body weight. Now, there's studies called observational studies and they have suggested an association between artificial sweeteners and overweight and obesity. And this has led a lot of people to say things like, well, diet drinks cause weight gain. But the RCTs or randomized control trials, which are higher up in the evidence hierarchy in the science scientific community, they consistently show that replacing sugar with artificial sweeteners supports weight loss. So when you combine meta-analysis and RCTs, they're kind of at the top of the evidence hierarchy in the scientific community, and they're much better than someone's opinion or someone's personal agenda or some cherry-picked research. So this is why this study in May 2022 is really, really cool. So all sorts of different ways of fasting were included in the review. and So they included alternate day fasting, uh, intermittent energy restriction, time-restricted feeding, even dawn-to-dust fasting during Ramadan were included. And a lot of the studies either ran for one month or up to like 104 days. So there was a good broad range of studies included in this overall uh, meta-analysis. And they, and they wanted to see if the intermittent fasting was superior. Now, the calorie-restricted diets in the studies included the Mediterranean diet, the DASH diet, which is, a, I think it's a diet to help with blood pressure. And, and, they were, and, and then they uh, looked at other diets as well. So for the calorie unrestricted diets, so the normal eating, the participants uh, were just asked to continue their usual dietary habits. And the key outcomes that the researchers wanted to look at were your BMI, your waist circumference, the amount of fat-free mass, fat mass, uh, insulin resistance, your level of blood sugars, your level of blood fats and total cholesterol. Now, I can put a link to the study if anybody's bothered to read it. But if we look at the results, right, first of all, we have to ask, how did fasting compare to unrestricted calorie diets? Well, of course, intermittent fasting was a clear winner as it produced greater weight loss, a lower BMI, smaller waist circumference, less fat mass, uh, more fat-free mass and greater reductions in blood fats and cholesterol. But remember, you're comparing intermittent fasting, which is a calorie deficit type of diet or approach to a, a, an approach that didn't control calories. So it's hardly a surprise that intermittent fasting was superior here. But what about when you compare fasting with other calorie restricted diets? And there was 10 studies that were included in a, in a meta-analysis that could be analyzed. And the results were not remarkable at all. Body weight loss, blood sugars, blood fat changes were similar between both groups. The only difference was there, I think there was a greater waist uh, circumference decrease in the people following the intermittent fasting. But a lot of the differences were not what we call statistically significant, so in favor of intermittent fasting. So, you know, in this meta-analysis, it was actually interesting because 80% of the results section of the paper focused on the benefits of intermittent fasting over just regular uncontrolled eating. But that's not what we want to know. People want to know how does intermittent fasting compare to a calorie-restricted diet or any other type of diet like keto or paleo or Mediterranean or Weight Watchers or whatever. But they didn't really talk a lot about when they compared the differences between fasting and other traditional calorie-restricted diets, which was very strange. So basically, overall, intermittent fasting is pretty much equal to any other type of calorie-reduced diet, but not superior. So that's the big takeaway from today. So what this says is it doesn't really matter what method you use. They can all get similar results. 
and just some approaches connect more with people. You know, I have people who swear by fasting, I have people who swear by keto. I have people who, I know people who do a combination of fasting and keto. I don't know how they do that. It's beyond me. Anyway, that's way too complicated. And the best predictor of any long-term sustainable weight loss and health benefits from any change in your eating patterns is about finding something that connects with you, something you enjoy doing, something that works for you. And you'll hear me repeat this. I know regular listeners will be like, oh my God, here he goes again. But I have to repeat this. And anyone who proclaims that intermittent fasting is superior for weight loss right now is not showing the full evidence, okay? They're, they're, it's basically their own opinion because the evidence doesn't show that. So if intermittent fasting works for you and it meets your goals and you feel better, knock yourself out. Do whatever works for you. You know, this could be great for people like lawyers who are in court for a long time or surgeons or taxi drivers who can't get access to food. You know, this could be great for them. But I can't sit here and say intermittent fasting is better for weight loss because the totality of evidence shows that it's not. And this is a big, big study of studies that came out this year, May 22, that proved that. And before I go here today, I think... You need to be careful before you do intermittent fasting because apparently it's not for everyone, all right? So if you're underweight or have a history of disordered eating, I don't think intermittent fasting is for you unless you're under the supervision of a health professional. And experts regularly agree with this because it could be a triggering factor for someone who's vulnerable to an eating disorder, and that's the last thing you want. And then for people who also take medication to treat diabetes, um, intermittent fasting, you should talk to your doctor first. Obviously, if you're pregnant or breastfeeding, it's probably not a good idea. And uh, so also when you do fasting initially, you could be very, very hungry and you might feel quite weak and you might feel like almost fainting. So just be careful when you try it. Like anything, do your research, go look at credible resources. I'll put the link to the study in the show notes here. I'll also put a link to a great book about intermittent fasting. It's like an online ebook from Precision Nutrition. They answer all the questions about the different types of fasting and what their benefits are from a health perspective and weight loss. So overall today, just so you know, Intermittent fasting is not any superior to normal calorie-restricted diets for weight loss. That took a long time to get to that. (laughs) Anyway, have a great day. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Please give me a rating if it helps, if you're enjoying it. And if you want to uh, have any other topics covered, just email john at humandesign.com today. You or just contact me on any one of the social media platforms listed in the show notes, and I'd love to help. And have a great day.